Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, church. Good to see everybody here online. Let me hear you this morning. Good morning, church. I'm glad you're here today. We're glad you're watching uh, online today. And it's certainly good to be in the Lord's house uh, to spend some time together for Thanksgiving. And I hope that today's service will be an encouragement to you and your family and that that you'll find some reasons to choose to be thankful this morning. Uh, We're going to be receiving communion today. Before we do that, if you have not received one of our communion cups that have everything kind of all wrapped up in one and we'll instruct you how to use that for a moment. But if you have not received one of those, would you just raise your hand up in the air and we'll make sure we get some people your way. Keep your hand up until somebody comes and sees you. We kind of have to do communion this way because of the, our times, right? I mean, we're really not supposed to be touching stuff other people are touching. And, you know, the open buffet communion, the way we normally do things, uh, has changed because of the times that we're in today. I was, when I was studying this week and thinking about some things I wanted to share with you that the Lord uh, put on my heart, uh, I'm very thankful that our church has been able to meet since Mother's Day. It was like the first weekend we were allowed to start coming back together as a church family. And I want you to know something. When we came back, and even as we continue uh, to meet now, uh, our worship is not a protest. Okay, we're, not, we're not protesting anything. Uh, We're here for what we're for, not what we're against. And we're here for Jesus, uh, to learn more about him. Our our live services, uh, putting them out online this morning, we're not doing that so the people that aren't uh, in church feel bad about that. We wanted to provide that for you so that you could feel part of what's happening at Warehouse Church. The Bible says where two or three are gathered there together, he's right there uh, in the midst. Uh, All of us have family members people we know that are close to us. Uh, This has been kind of a strange week. I've heard more. I don't know uh, about your circle of friends or your family, but this week I've heard more uh, families that have, that that are, that are sick or are waiting to hear if they are sick. Uh, We found out on Friday, my dad, uh, who's uh, living in a nursing home after he had his, uh, he had surgery on his hip. And when they put him back in his nursery, uh, nursery, um, nursing home, not nursery home, nursing home, uh, they had to put him in the COVID wing to be quarantined, and now he, because of that, he has COVID, and he's uh, very scared, and, and, you know, we're praying for him and trusting the Lord uh, to do what he's going to do in his life, and we believe in that, but so many of us in our lives, right, there, there's different reasons that people have experienced fear throughout the, the past year think about all of the crazy stuff that's happened in our world and happened in our country and there's a church Paul writes this verse in the in the in the in the book of 1st Thessalonians and he says this in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 I want you to think about this he says give thanks in all circumstances in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and I think probably because we it's the Bible Paul's sending that to people that are like Jesus gladiators and everything's working out great for them 
this church and this city was under some pretty serious oppression. They were under some governmental pressure. Uh, they were under uh, some pressure because of drought and some things like that. They were going through a hard time. And, and one of Paul's instructions to them was, you give thanks in all circumstances. And I gotta be honest with you, that's not always the easiest thing to do. I can't ever remember making a hospital visit or being, uh, or, or leading at a funeral service or talking to a family that's been going through some pretty serious stuff and say, hey, by the way, you should be thankful in this circumstance. But that's what Paul's saying to us. In every circumstance we experience in our life. So how in the world, now think about this, and we're gonna, when we, when we take communion this morning, we're gonna understand some things about what Jesus did when he gave communion or had that time, that very special time, intimate time with his disciples, preparing them and even preparing himself for his death and his burial and then soon after his resurrection. How can you and I give thanks in all circumstances? I think the only way that we can, that we can actually achieve that in the book of Philippians chapter 2, it says, verse number 5, in your relationships with everybody, put on the mindset of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father except through me. So how can we give thanks for everything? Maybe this morning, if you could just take a moment and pray in your heart and in your, in your mind and say, Lord... Can you give me the mind of Christ? I, I want to be thankful. I want to choose thankful. That was a great video. I really liked it, uh, that, that, that message in that video this morning. But isn't thankfulness a choice? Right? We're not always thankful. There's some things I wasn't thankful for this week. Circumstances. I wasn't thankful when my dad called me up and says, uh, told me the news about his own health. Other people that we're very close to in our, in, in our family, that, that, that same kind of a thing. People that are going with job situations, financial situations, personal relationship situations. Our first response to that is, hey man, give thanks. It's good, right? It's all good. But that's what the Bible's teaching us about our own lives. And I think the only way that we can achieve that is to put on the mind of Christ. So to choose thankfulness like Jesus. The first thing that Jesus did as he prepared his disciples for communion at that time is that Jesus gave thanks on the doorstep of trials. He gave thanks on the doorstep of trials. I need one of our communion guys to come on up here and bring me one too, because I forgot mine. I actually, one time I was speaking at a church in, um, out, out, of, out of the area, and I had my notes with me and I went to get ready. Thank you, sweetie. Um, <laughs> I went to go to the church that day and I forgot my Bible. Like the one thing you're supposed to bring to church when you're speaking to people, right? You got to read out of the Bible, and I forgot my Bible. But I know I had backup for our communion. But I want you to take hold of this with you this morning. If you'll take a look at this, it's a two-layer two thing. You peel the top layer off, you'll get the cracker in your hand. And then those watching online, go to your kitchen, grab some saltines and some grape juice. Uh, something that where you can be a part of this this morning as we take communion. It's a two-layer thing. You'll take the top layer off, take off the cracker, take the second layer off. You'll be ready with the juice. And you can just hold it there just for a second. We'll, we'll partake of this together in a moment. Jesus gave thanks on the doorstep of trial. Think about this. Just before he went to be crucified, really to be physically tortured and murdered for our sins, <clears throat> the Bible says in, 
in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus prepared his disciples for his death. It says in Luke 22, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles or his disciples reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I tell you, I will not eat it again until the fulfill, until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after he took the cup, he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among you for I tell you, I will not drink again until the fruit of the vine, from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Jesus uses bread in this to symbolize his broken body. In Luke chapter 22, 19, it says, he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's eat together this morning. Then Jesus used wine to symbolize his blood. In verse number 20, he says, in the same way, After the supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. He says this in 1 Corinthians 11, do this to remember me. Let's drink together. Fathers, we remember your broken body and the blood that you poured out for our sins. As we take a moment together and pray and worship and consider who you are, Lord, The fact that just before that you were crucified, you took time to minister to your disciples, to put this very important um, practice in play, Lord, that we would observe the Lord's table to remember you, to remember your sacrifice, to remember what you gave so that we can all have a relationship with you. It's amazing on the doorstep of a terrible trial that you were about to go through, you were thinking of us because it's for us that you did all that, Lord. We acknowledge that. We thank you for that this morning. We want to sing to you this morning as we thank you, Jesus, in worship to you this morning. In Christ's name we pray.
Lord, we want to thank you that we get to come to you in spirit and truth and worship you this morning as we remember your broken body and the blood that was poured out for our sin so that we can have a relationship with you. We thank you, Jesus, today. We pray that our words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, be honored today. We glorify you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said in agreement with me this morning. Amen. So we thank Jesus for what he did for us, his broken body, his blood that was poured out so that you and I can remember all that he endured in the midst of all of that trial, he found a way to teach us to be thankful. And, and when you think about this this morning, right, when you think about Thanksgiving with your family, man, I heard something that, and I, I, I heard this, so I don't want to go back and say this was on Reuters or this was on this or that. But I heard that there is a state in the United States where they're not selling turkeys over 10 pounds to make sure that the meetings are smaller. I can't verify that, but I know the fact checkers on Facebook will make sure that I'm speaking truth this morning this, to, uh, to you. But, but as you think about Thanksgiving isn't just Thursday and eating, right? It's about, it's about, it's about eating and football. Somebody say amen to that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you know what fuels our Thanksgiving? Future joy should fuel your present Thanksgiving. Right? Today, we might not understand yesterday. We might not even understand what we're going through today or even in, in our finite thinking of our lifetime future. But this is what Jesus tells us through the author of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, fix your eyes upon Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now think about that. For the joy that was ahead of him, that was far past the cross of Calvary, the Bible says he endured the cross. There was, there was joy on the other side of that for him as it is for us. He scorned the shame. And then afterwards he did what? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, one of the most profound statements that, that Jesus makes throughout the Gospels was at the end of his crucifixion, just before he died, when he said, it is finished, he wasn't talking about just his life. He was talking about the payment that was necessary for you and I to have forgiveness of sins. He accomplished what he set out to do so that we can have a relationship with him. <clears throat> and even though we're going through a hard time in our lives, you know, whatever you're going through in your life right now, and it doesn't necessarily have to be COVID-related or financially related or some of the things we talked about earlier. There's just trials that are really real that, that we go through all the time. And, and, and I think sometimes we try to find short-term happiness to fix that where the thing that can really make us be thankful is the things that are ahead of us in the future. Jesus said that uh, the joy before him, right, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, the joy before him wasn't just the fact that the crucifixion was going to be over or that he was going to be in the grave for three days or that he was going to rise again from the dead. The end of that verse says he took his place seated at the right hand of God the Father. Someday, if you know Jesus, this old body of yours, with all the bumps and bruises and miles that you have on there, I was wondering if I was looking at a car uh, last week. Um, I'm trading my truck in to get a car and I'm taking my time doing it. I'm, excuse me. I'm trading my truck in to get a truck. I just want to make sure you know that, okay? <laughs> Whew, that was, that was close there this morning. 
And I was looking at, I looked at this one truck, and the guy, oh, it's got this, it's, it's got too many miles on it. Aren't you glad when God has something for you to do, he doesn't look at you and say, oh, she's got, he's got too many miles on there. Because I think my odometer is going around a couple times. Anybody else feel that way? You know what I'm saying? But our joy isn't in today. Our joy isn't even in what's going to happen in the next five years, ten years of our lives. And there could be some great things. Uh, we had a really... Uh, sweet time with our family yesterday. Believe it or not, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but we had a wonderful time yesterday doing family pictures, and I hate doing family pictures because everybody has an idea of how things should go, and, and something that should take about 20, 30 minutes usually takes us two hours. We were lock, stock, and barrel done, start to finish in about 30 minutes. It was unbelievable. Johnny, we were thankful for that yesterday. And the whole time, all the girls are, you know, doing all these poses and things they want to do. Johnny and me and Nick and Evan are just kind of going, Lord, please come back now. I'm just like, right now. But, it, but afterwards, we were, we were talking about it. Kim and I were looking at some of the pictures. We thought, we have a lot to be thankful for. But that's not as good as it gets. Because someday I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus, and I'm going to hear something I've been waiting my whole life to hear. Preacher, you know what I'm talking about. When he looks at me and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over these things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. That's what gives us the thanksgiving we should have in our hearts, the future joy that's set before us by our Lord Jesus. So what is it that we have to look forward to? Remember when I was a kid, how long Christmas used to seem away at Thanksgiving, you know? So they did a cure for that. They stopped starting Christmas at Thanksgiving, and now we're starting it before Halloween now to really make it and torture kids to think about Christmas. But what is it that you and I today, as God's children, if you know him as your personal Savior, what do we have to look forward to? Well, the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What would we have to look forward to? Complete forgiveness over all of our sins. Do you know the sins that you're going to commit tomorrow, and it's going to happen, and on Tuesday it's going to happen. You may think you get a free pass for sin on Thursday, but you don't. You have sin on Thursday, it's going to happen. Do you know that that sin's already been paid for by Jesus Christ? It's already been paid for. Complete forgiveness of all of our sins forever. What do we have to look forward to? Well, the fact that we can't earn our salvation by, by keeping the law or by doing good stuff. God doesn't have a big weight of scales up there, the scale of justice. So, oh, you got a little bad this week and you dip down, so maybe heaven's going to be in a little warmer section. It's not like that. The Bible says in Galatians 2.15... Know that a person is not justified by works or law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put on our faith in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in, in Christ and not by works of the law because the works of the law will no longer be justified. He says in Titus chapter 3, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saves us. You can't do enough good to earn a spot in heaven. Why do we want to do good to honor our Father? We want to do good to, to uh, demonstrate our love for him and an appreciation to him and to draw other people to Christ. But the good that you do is not going to make you more secure in him. We can't do enough to earn that. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4.19 that our, our real needs, our real needs, not just our want, our real needs 
will be met in this lifetime. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. But sometimes we have to monitor what our wants and our needs are, don't we? I know some things that I want, but they're really my list of needs is a lot shorter than my list of wants. But God wants to know that you to know that he wants to take care of your needs. Um, God also wants you to know that he's going to complete the work that he started in you. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this. I love that start of that verse. You can be confident in this, that he that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what else we have to look forward to? You will see and be with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. At home. At home with the Lord. 1 John 3.2, it says, Dear friends, we are children of God, and, and what we will B has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is, because you and I are going to be with him forever. 1 Peter 3.18 says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for this unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. But you know how, when else we're going to be with him? Right now. Because he promised us he would never leave us or forsake us. Deuteronomy, old school, new, Old Testament, Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. He says that again uh, in, in the New Testament just after he shares, Paul shares with the the, the believers in Corinth and for you and I today, how that we're supposed to uh, receive the Lord's communion and how we're supposed to examine ourselves and, and what we're supposed to be praying about and reflecting upon with our lives. Paul says this, whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So when we remember, we're here to encourage each other. We're here to encourage each other that this is not as good as it's going to get. That we have something waiting for us, glorified bodies, people that have gone before us, and to be in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. He says this in the same book that he writes, give thanks in all circumstances. If you're going through tough times, find a way to be thankful, right? First Thessalonians 5.18. He says this in the preceding chapter. He said, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of the world who have no hope. Have you been to a funeral service where you have felt the hopelessness in that room because you kind of have an understanding of what that person's relationship with God may or may not have been? No, we don't know. We don't know. I did a funeral many years ago and I remember I just remember the lamenting that was taking place. It was one of the most grievous, uh, grief-filled funerals I had ever done. And, 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 and respectfully, the woman wasn't young in years that passed away. But all the grieving and the sadness that was in that room that day was because of regret. Relationship regret. Regret about 
you know, every one of their family, oh, I, should, I, should, I should be going to church more. But she never took us to church. It was just, it was a sad, sad, sad day um, doing this funeral service. And, and, and there are people, you, listen, you could go out at the mall, and even though you can't see their nose and their mouths, you can see people's eyes. There's just a lot of hopelessness that's in our world today. And, and Paul's telling people, these people in Thessalonica, we do live in a world that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of hope. But then he gives hope and he says, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. If you believe that, say amen. And it says, we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, that means it's truth, it's unchanging truth. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left unto the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. And here's our hope. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Listen to this, listen to this statement here. And so will we be with the Lord forever. We're going to be with him forever. And then the Bible says this, right? He says, and everything give thanks. This is what's going to happen to all of us that know Jesus as Savior. This crazy thing that we can barely understand in our mind. We're going to be taken from this earth someday. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we that are here and remain will be caught up together in the clouds. We're like, that sounds like TV crazy. It doesn't even make sense. And this is what Paul says to this church that's going through spiritual oppression, that's in famine, that's going through a hard time where they live. And Paul says, give thanks. He said, this is what's in your future. And then he says this at the end of this verse. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So when it's hard, right, we can be thankful. We don't know what a trial is going to bring into our life that, 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 that's going to make us feel like, man, Lord, where are you? It's not that he's not there. He doesn't want you to be fixed on now. Deal with now, right? Take care of your family. Comfort those that, that are mourning. Meet the needs of people that are afflicted. All those things are supposed to happen so that we can bring glory to Christ. But those are short-term fixes. The eternal fix is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says, you can encourage one another with that. That's what we encourage people with today. So as we remembered the death, the burial, the resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, we can be encouraged in that this morning. Amen, church? Let's take time this week, not just on Sunday because that's what we do in church, but take some time this week and offer up some thanksgiving to God to be thankful for his goodness in our life now and what is before us. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer today? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you. You are the author, the finisher, the completer of our faith. You gave yourself so that we could have a relationship with you. God, I can't even comprehend. Uh, your word says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should become the children of God. Thank you for loving us so much when we fail you. Thank you for loving us when our faith is weak. Thank you for loving us when we mess up. Thank you for the forgiveness provided to us because of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
we, we state that publicly this morning in thanksgiving, Lord. And we know that today may be rocky for a lot of us. We know that there's trials that we're dealing with. We have some in our family. Everybody in this room has trials they're going through right now. But what will sustain us is if we keep our mind on the blessed hope of Jesus Christ. I just want to thank you for that today. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just all over the room, I just would like to ask you if you just, if your family or yourself just needs just a prayer of encouragement for trials that you're going through, or you just want to take some time and, 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 and be thankful to the Lord this morning, say, I'm not grateful enough as much as I should be to the Lord. Please remember me and my family today. If that's a request that you would have today, before we close out, would you just lift your hand in the air and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to be more thankful. I need to be more thankful. I need to be more grateful to what the Lord has done in my life and in my family's life. Father, you know our hearts. Draw us to you. Help us just have a quiet moment with you today in gratefulness and thanksgiving. Bless our time with our families. Bless families that are, that, that are sick right now, Lord, all over the country, all over the world. This unknown time that we live in, when, when is it going to stop? When is it, listen, we understand that the only cure for all of humanity is when Jesus comes back to this earth. But we live today. And whatever difficulty we live in, just like that church in Thessalonica, you told us to give thanks in all circumstances. So Father, corporately and privately, I thank you. But as a church, we thank you that we could be here today to talk about Jesus Christ. And we pray that our words have honored you today. Our worship has honored you today. Our giving has honored you today. Our, 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 our hearts have honored you today. And help us to walk out of this building today with a spirit of thanksgiving. We ask you this today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say it with me. Amen. Hey, we're thankful you're here. And we pray that God will encourage you this week and you'll be encouraged in him. I'm going to ask Johnny to come on up. We're going to share some things. We have a video for you to watch. And then our ushers will dismiss you from back row to the front. God bless you, church. Look forward to visit with you in the hallway.